to Shellyville. My name is Michelle Clear. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and Shellyville is my show. I'm really excited tonight because I'm here with Joe, my producer, as well as Justin. And tonight we're have, going to talk about relationships. And um, what we'll make this kind of a fun little three-way conversation about conversations about relationships and why this is going to be a fun topic is as a therapist, I have so many couples that come in and talk to me about relationships. And there's, I've kind of put together a little bit of what brings a couple in. And one of the things that comes in is I always hear that um, one of my partners has anxiety or they're depressed or they have anger issues or they're very demanding and they're very um, hard on me, or there's a lot of nagging, like the things that people come in and complain about are not really the problems in the relationship. They're mm. the, they're the symptoms of the problem of the relationship. So I always, you know, I'm, I'm concerned when people say they feel like they're walking on eggshells in their relationships, because how horrible would that be? You're like, that's supposed to be your safe place. And so tonight, I really just wanted to talk about what I consider to be a healthy relationship, why communication is so important in our relationships and why we kind of in the United States, we talk about us like this is this world that we live in that couples are more important than single people. Like you get more value out of being in a couple than you do as a single person. And that's, that's in our religion. That's just in our government. Like wherever we look, we're, there's a higher value of being a couple. So a lot of people consider this pretty important stuff. So, um, Justin, now I want to ask you, how long have you been married? Uh, eight years in January. Okay. And would you consider yourself in a healthy marriage? Uh, thanks to counseling and therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say yes before. Um, the, the counseling and therapy has is, is kind of been a... Um, it, I, it's hard to describe, but it, retooling almost mm -hmm. because when you're when you're early on in a relationship, it's easy, and there's mm -hmm. you know you have all of those you know fuzzy feelings, and you know you you've bonded on some probably nominal common interests, and that may the hope exactly exactly <laughs> that's the hope and. Hopefully from the get go, you dive into like important things and you at least have mm -hmm. some common ground on important things. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that has been an interesting journey for us the last year or so is we don't have a ton in common that like we don't have a ton of common interests. We have a very common foundation. Uh, mm -hmm. like a very common belief system. Mm -hmm. Which um, is huge. Which like is that huge. That is the foundation. Absolutely. You want to have that. Yeah, absolutely. You want to have that. So, uh, yes, I would say that we, very, a very stable relationship, um, very solid relationship. And, uh, yeah. So one of my questions was going to be, now you, you've been married for eight years. Do you think therapy became more important once you started having children? Um, had I, I wish I would have known about it early on. I'll, I'll, before I'll say kids, that before, before kids. kids. Okay. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's important to know. Cause a lot of times what I find with my couples is they don't come to therapy until they've had children. Mm -hmm. Cause then all of a sudden they realize that someone's paying attention to their behavior. Mm -hmm. And it's like that third person in the, in the relationship. Oh, that's like, interesting. They're like, Oh yeah. So I get a lot of my couples come later, later on after they've had children for a while or before they're right before they're going to have kids because they want to be on the same page. Like what you said, having those common things and together, like 
that's the foundation, Mm -hmm. the trust, the respect, the kind of, and even that spirituality, being on the same page, even financially, or those things that we kind of have to make decisions as adults when you know that you're on the same alignment. So I'm, I'm curious, how do you get <laughs> interested in something that your partner that you don't find interesting in? Like, I know, I know the answer for that, but I'm just wondering how you guys are getting there. I think that we've, we've had to focus more on the things that we do have in common and mm-hmm. let the, uh, like Chloe has just had to let me love sports on my own. And it's, <laughs> there's no like, you gotta love that. Exactly. And, and I understand where she's coming from. Yeah. 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 Um, but you don't have to sleep with me. So it's different. Joseph. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that's one thing, um, for, for me, I've had to take an interest in her having a career, which mm-hmm. is never something that was really on my radar for a, you know, for quite some, most of the time that we were married. Mm-hmm. That's within the last, I would say 18 months, two years ish that that's become a thing. So after baby, she's like, now I want a career. Co- that yeah, what you're okay. So that's changed. Yeah. See, and that's just it. This is the coolest part about relationships. We start out in a certain place. We do not end in a certain place. We're constantly growing in our relationship. So it's so important that we grow and change with our partner. That That's really big. And a lot of times when I have conflict with my clients is because one is changing at a faster rate than mm-hmm. the other. Yeah. So can Catch up is really important or like you said, like being supportive, kind of that radical acceptance, like, okay, this is what you like to do. I find a lot of my couples are jealous. Like, do you have jealousy? I mean, I'm surprised that couples are jealous of each other, but there seems to be like you have more friends than I do or you do more things than I do. And so some couples really manage that well and they're really comfortable with their partner, you know, being really busy and they're laid that, you know, laid back. Mm -hmm. But then other couples are like, we want to be more similar. We want to, we want to have more things in common. So, um, I know that's a big deal. One of the things I kind of look at though, for what makes a healthy relationship is just that communication that says, I love sports. Will you let me do sports? You know, what does that look like if I love sports? Does that mean that I'm going to spend every Saturday and Sunday out of the house gone? Mm -hmm. Well, then maybe I would kind of reassess like, okay, how about every other or maybe once a month you give me one weekend. So how do you balance that? Because there's a lot of sports. Well, we've done it. I've done it the healthy way and the unhealthy way. So we'll start (laughs) with the unhealthy way was when I decided that I wanted to do a baseball league that lasted for six months that started at uh, in April and went through October. And it was once a week, every Sunday. And I wanted to be the leader of the team. I wanted to be there early. I wanted to stay late. I wanted to go grab beers after with the guys. Like I want, like that's, that's what I wanted to do. And I tried to do that. And basically I tried to work my life around baseball And that was hard. It took a toll on our marriage and Mm -hmm. that's, and she grew to resent me wanting to play sports. This year we did a little bit different is that I, I took some time off partially to let my body heal, but partially to, you know, to appease her. And then I found that if I were, if I worked baseball around my life, it was actually very doable and it was very healthy Mm -hmm. um, because I have, like I'm a very competitive person athletically. So like if I, if I do something like 
I always try to find ways to compete. And this is something that I think we could probably come back to. It's probably in your notes somewhere about com- competition. I actually, have, I actually have no competitiveness. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's an issue. Yeah. So I, I, I'm very competitive when it comes to games, okay. board games, card games, anything athletic. It's really mm-hmm. hard for me to just be passive when, when, there's a game going on. So did your wife know this getting into this? Like, did she know how competitive you were like when you were dating? I mean, this is what, this is what I think dating is so important because you find out so much about a person and then like, it's okay when you're dating, but all of a sudden you get engaged or you get married and it's like, wait a minute, I don't accept it anymore. That's a really good question. I'm not quite sure what her take on that was. I'm curious because I think sometimes we really tolerate things in dating that we would not tolerate in marriage. Mm-hmm. And now we have a, a newly <laughs> engaged man over here. So have you noticed any differences now that you are engaged? Um, not really, actually. That's we, good. I think it really helped. So we met on a dating app and I think that context actually helped us a lot to both like go into it knowing like this is what's going to happen unless something like changes. So from the beginning it was like we are in a serious relationship and we both approached it that way. And we both Mm -hmm. came from a a baseline of values. So actually pretty similar to Justin and Chloe, Mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of interests that necessarily align, but our values align very well. So how do we find time with our partner? If our if our interests are different. So interesting with that, we just got back from vacation (laughs) and on this vacation, we, um, so my fiance, Megan is very into like crafting stuff, Mm -hmm. sewing, pottery, baking, uh, art, all of that stuff. And we've done a pottery class together and we went down to Kentucky for a week and went to a pottery studio and we ended up, being able to do some pottery together. And then after that, we realized that we both like doing it enough to That's cool. say like, that is the thing that we're going to do together. And it's specifically been hard for us in the winter because our other thing to do together is hike. So in the summer we're hiking together and we spend time together that way. But winter time, she gets cold, like fall <laughs> hits and she's just like, I'm staying inside. Like I don't I can relate. Yeah. So, uh, so this is like the new thing for us to do. Well, that's really awesome. Yeah. So you discovered it. So she brought out a creative side in you that maybe you didn't know you had. Yeah. It was just a a different, uh, different format that I didn't really think about necessarily. I love it. That's awesome. What about you and Chloe? Do you guys have a interest or something you do besides just hanging out with kids? We we're still kind of trying to figure that out, to be honest with you. Um, we, like what Joe said, because we're both from northern Michigan, mm-hmm. we really enjoy the outdoors, going on hikes, going camping and stuff like that. And finding the time to do that is very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so being being outdoors and we when we were dating, we were both working at Boyne Mountain when we were oh. you know, 18, 19 years old. How fun. And so we really enjoy skiing. And so that that's a big one for us, I would mm-hmm. say. Um but one of the things since we had kids so young, sometimes that stuff was kind of difficult to do. Mm-hmm. 
I think I think there's a big difference when we have children too. I agree with that because I think you you have to come up with new ideas. Now all of a sudden your interests are around what do the kids like to do, and then it's like. I mean, what I find so fascinating, too, is I have two kinds of couples. I have the couple where the mom and dad do everything together as a team. And then I have the couples where one parent seems to do all the parenting and the other one is the support. Mm-hmm. And so both of them are can be very healthy. But what tends to happen is there's resentment that grows when you don't communicate well. Yeah. Because if one is always doing something, then the other one feels left out. But also, if you're not involved, there's this sense of that job's not that important. So <laughs> it's that's like, I'm really, not going to be there. <laughs> that's really interesting that you say that because Chloe and I do a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. We work really well together, not together, Mm -hmm. which is a weird thing to say. No, I get it. Because now that we're both busy, she's in school. I, you know, I I work full time and do, you know, dozens of side hustles. It feels like this, (laughs) all sorts of other stuff. Right. So there are like, there are certain times and certain days where I am a hundred percent the parent and she is a hundred percent not. Mm -hmm. And then there are days where I'm like, if I make it home to kiss the girls a good night before they go to bed, like that's, that's a plus. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, and it doesn't happen sometimes. So I feel like we have a real, but the one thing that's been, and we work pretty well like that together and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and kind of being able to have a feel for, you know, Hey, I've been slammed for the last couple of days. I feel like I haven't seen the kids at all. I'm going to take like today, for instance, um, I am at work. I get a call from, I, I look down and it's Grand Rapids public school. I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> what happened? So I pick it up and it's Claire on the phone. She's like, dad, I forgot my lunchbox in your car. And I was uh-huh. like, Oh, okay. That's no big deal. I'll, I'll, I'm about to go to lunch anyway. I'll just drop it off. And then I go to, I get to her school and it's a beautiful day. And I was like, you know what? I'm signing you out. We're going to Taco Bell. And so like we went at Taco <laughs> Bell for lunch it. and hung out a little bit. <laughs> and so, and that was a great balance. And Chloe spent the whole day with Jojo. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Tuesdays, Chloe works from eight to eight mm-hmm. and I have the baby all day. I, I work at my parents' office up North. Mm-hmm. And, um, so on those days, like I have Jojo and I pick Claire up from school and I'm the parent. So the tricky part that we found is, is like, okay, when there are those moments of time where we're both here is like, how do we parent together in the mm-hmm. same room? Because our styles are actually very different. Very different. So that has been something that we've been working on. I love that though, because that's very true. I mean, I think most couples are going to be a little bit different with parenting. I think it's, I think it's having that mutual respect though. Mm -hmm. What's so important for couples is to have the mutual respect that say that, you know, you're a little bit more authoritative than I am. And there's, there's reasons that sometimes that discipline, you need that authoritative, Mm -hmm. strong, but then there's other times where, okay, mom, step in, (laughs) like you're a little bit softer. Maybe, maybe you can handle this. But I think all of it, it has to do with communication mm-hmm. and, and checking in with your partner. Like one of the things that's so important in relationships is checking in in a way that's respectful, like not assuming that what you're doing is more important than your partner, especially mm-hmm. if there's children involved, because both of your roles are so important. And I know we're going to talk about parenting in one of the um, upcoming episodes, but really parenting is a very different 
kind of ballpark with couples and couple counseling because we're trying to stay away from like that parenting end and, and not being a parent to your partner, but more like let's that's a different topic. Like that's a different respect thing. And so being present or communicating with our partners has to be on a oh an eye and like individual, like mm-hmm. I feel, I think, I see, I'm here. Like, how are you doing? How are we getting through this? Because a lot of times the communication is so distraught in my relationships. But what I'm finding, what this is really big, is that a lot of people do not know how to regulate their emotions. Mm-hmm. So we're finding so many of my clients that will get angry or they'll respond really bitterly to their partner, not so much because they hate their partner, but they're so uncomfortable with themselves that they're reacting like a child. I mean, so I'm I'm really like I'm constantly educating people on how to regulate their emotions in marriages, which is shocking to me to think that we can get married and not know how to regulate our emotions. Mm -hmm. So that's really big. If you are constantly reactive to your emotions or if you find that you are very strong emotions and they you respond in ways that are not like I mean I'm teaching clients how to take a time out and how to respect anger and like if one of your partner is always angry you can't communicate with someone who's angry Mm -hmm. like angry anger pushes people away it doesn't bring people towards you so I just read a a little blip that said um, anger is coming from pain and once you understand where the pain is coming from you show a little bit more respect to your partner So I think that's kind of, that's really one of those big things. Another thing that works really well in marriages being strong is a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I think play and the sense of humor is so important. Like you doing that pottery with your your fiance, like that's fun. That sounds Mm -hmm. like a lot of fun. Or hiking sounds like a lot of fun. Going on vacation, which is one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) I love to vacation. Mm -hmm. So I mean, what are... I mean, do you guys find the value in play in your marriage and your, you know, relationships? So I, I heard there, so there's a comedian, um, Nikki Glazer. I don't know if you've ever heard of her before. Um, she's pretty funny. Um, and she was doing an interview on on a tonight show. Maybe it was Kimmel, maybe it was Colby. I, I don't know who it was, but she's doing an interview on the tonight show. And the guy asked her, you know, when you're dating, do you look for a sense of humor in a guy and is it somebody who like, do you want somebody who can make you laugh? And she's, or or do guys appreciate that you have a sense of humor and that you're funny? Like Mm -hmm. how's, how's that dynamic? And she said, I read a study that said that men define somebody who has a good sense of humor as somebody who thinks that they're funny and that can appreciate their jokes and women just define the sense of humor as somebody who can make them laugh. Can make them laugh. Yep. So that, and and I think that's an interesting dynamic because I love stand up comedy. I love raunchy, <laughs> hilarious, you know, mm-hmm. Chris, like old school Chris Rock, <laughs> Ralphie May, <laughs> Dave Chappelle. I love Ralphie May. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, Joe Rogan, like I love that brand of comedy. Chloe mm-hmm. is not really interested in that. It makes it, a, makes her a little uncomfortable. Okay. So I love joking. I like, I love making, you know, 
in innuendo jokes mm-hmm. like that sarcastic my, and inappropriate a hundred percent i love inappropriate humor <laughs> me and, too i'm like i have dark humor yeah Ooh. <laughs> and and she does too she ha- so i like inappropriate humor okay. she likes dark, dark humor, humor. okay so you can get along joe knows what i'm talking yeah. about because yeah. <laughs> chloe will make dead dad jokes because her yeah. dad died when she was 10 it's oh. a coping mechanism okay. and she's you know there have been like I remember the first, I remember where I was the first time I heard one, heard her drop one of those bad boys. <laughs> and it was, I, did, what? Did, did it catch you off it guard? It caught me off guard. Yeah. But, and it, then you don't know if you should laugh. You're like, wait a minute, that's right. kind of funny, but it's not funny. And then I, then are you going to look bad at me? Right. I just exactly. At you, like, you start thinking about it. Laugh at that. Yeah. And then <laughs> on the flip side, I, I am a, I, I am a very quick witted person and mm-hmm. I am the blurter outer. So sometimes <laughs> in crowds amongst, like we have a lot of, like we have a Bible study group. We have mm-hmm. a lot of like friends in Christian circles. And I mm-hmm. like to be the Christian friend who's slightly edgy. <laughs> and, and that makes her super, that it, it makes me super, unco- makes her super uncomfortable right, sometimes. Right, because she doesn't know what you're going to say. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, and there have been multiple times that there have been car rides home with her, like not happy about me. Like oh. what something that I said, that I said off the cuff and didn't think about. Mm-hmm. And then she's upset at me the rest of the night and getting the car. I'm like, what the hell are you mad at? Like, <laughs> like, you why said, is that a problem? Yeah. I laughed. That was funny. That was funny. Hear- Did you hear everybody <laughs> laugh like everybody thought that was funny and then they're like it's just oh, like humor I was is so, so yeah. subjective though <laughs> humor is it one is. of the hardest thing that's so subjective but it's also one of the number one things that we look for in a partner mm-hmm. because having a sense of humor allows us to get through some really dark and hard stuff so mm-hmm. we need a partner and it doesn't have to be a comedian husband but it does or or a funny you know one-liner but if you can can you, if you can laugh about the same things, you will find that it's easier to lean on your partner. So mm-hmm. humor is a huge part of a healthy relationship for yeah. sure. Joe, you want to hear a joke? Sure. <laughs> what, what has 162 teeth and holds back a monster? I don't know. I, I have a problem where I try and solve jokes. So just, <laughs> yeah, tell me. My zipper. <laughs> Good for you. C- congratulations. See, those types of jokes. And that that is not funny either. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Sorry, people. Sorry, Shellyville. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we know that we we obviously know that humor is a very big part of a healthy relationship. So have you guys ever heard of the love languages? Yes. Yep. All right. What's your favorite one? Oh, wait, let me just describe them first, and okay, then that way idea. everyone could know what they are. Um, and this is hard to believe. This guy wrote the love languages in 1992, so mm-hmm. this has been around for a while. Yeah. So our love languages are things that we feel love. This is how we describe feeling love. So it's words of affirmations, acts of service, gift giving, quality time, and physical touch. So I love all of them, <laughs> but I definitely have my top. My top ones. Mm-hmm. So what would be your love language? Well, let me ask you this. You, you've gotten to know me pretty well over the last few months. What do you what do you think mine is? Well, I think <laughs> I think words of affirmation because you do like to talk. But I do like to talk. <laughs> you do like to talk. But I would think it would be acts of service because you're very busy. Um, that's an, in, so, okay. So this is an interesting thing that we've, I've kind of been unraveling because I've always okay. been physical touch guy. Okay. And that is, um, I, I, I feel like every guy is to an extent, 
Maybe, so, maybe not. Maybe There's, not. I don't yeah. know. But so that always kind of felt like a, you know, a half ass, you know. <laughs> sure. I like to touch. Give me a hug. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You're not so, creepy at all. <laughs> but like, I'm not like a super touchy feely person though, but like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But like acts of service, I feel like is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. And there, cause there have been a handful of times where, um, I, there, that Chloe has just gone and done something for me mm-hmm. and it, it made me feel really good. And then there have been times where I feel like she should have done something for me and I got mad. <laughs> just like, why didn't you do that? Exactly. <laughs> like you, you should that? know that you should do this for me. Right. That, that kind of arrogant thought process. But, but you but, know, physical touch is not just hugs and lovemaking. It's also rubbing backs. It's holding hands. It's sitting next to someone on the couch. So these these descriptions seem like they're really small, but they're actually really pretty wide descriptions. Mm-hmm. So acts of service isn't just getting up and getting you a glass of water. It's also, you know, paying the bills or going to work or putting the laundry in. Like acts of service, like that's a really big list. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think that's different for everybody. Um, I think I'm actually physical touch. <laughs> and I think I have... So that, that was the interesting thing about Megan is Megan was always the person that just did not want to touch anyone. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we started dating, like she, like it was always physical touch for her as well. I think she is more uh, quality time than physical touch. Mm-hmm. But I think she, that played into my need for physical touch all the time. Like that's how she shows quality time is like, okay, I'm going to give into your physical touch needs in my need for quality time. So how do you do that? Like holding hands when you're together, sitting close together? Like what are some of the examples of that? Yeah, holding hands, sitting on the couch together. She loves to lay her legs across me when we sit on the couch together, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And uh, yeah, basically constantly touching. Mm -hmm. See, and it's funny. I have two kids and these languages are even, they even work on your children. Mm -hmm. Like because my daughter cannot stand to be touched. Like she's like, don't hug me. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. Where my son is like laying on top of me. He just loves to be back massaged, his feet rubbed, anything, you know, playing with his hair. He loved all of that. Where my daughter would be like, please, mom, no, don't. And so my physical touches, I love to give it. But it's very different when you have someone who doesn't, is not receptive to your love language. Mm -hmm. So I had to really change. And so for my daughter, it's quality time. It's making sure that we go do things together. She likes that, you know, or she kind of likes gifts giving too, but <laughs> who doesn't like a little gift? Everyone, mm-hmm. But that's actually not on my list. I'm not a gift. I don't like to receive gifts. I don't either. Me, me neither. No. I could care less. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big gift giver. And it's funny, though. I have this group of friends that I've had for several years, and it's a group of women, four of us, and Mm -hmm. we give each other birthday presents. But the person who is giving or who's like, it's my birthday coming up. I bought presents for all of them. And so what we do is we do this huge gift giving exchange, and it's gotten crazy over the years, Mm -hmm. like insane. But it is one of the funnest things that we do as a group of girls because the amount of gifts that we give, it's like, oh my God, it's just gotten out of control. And it's so much fun. And that's not even really one of my love languages. So it's fun about the love languages because they can change and they're different with everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like there's the fundamental ones that you really have. And then they do change as your relationship grows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like it can also change on like the, the, how the person receives it. So like with your mm-hmm. daughter, you 
even though you have physical touch out as a love language, you might change towards quality time, which you still might have as one of your primary love languages. Mm-hmm. But that interaction, it's about the give and the take. And it's not right. it's not uh, singular. It's not like, oh, I only care about physical touch as like an expression of love. That, right. that whole list, everyone has a little bit of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And there, you need all of them. But I think what's really important and what I find with so many couples is they don't recognize that there are things that their partner does that makes them feel loved, but they never put the language with that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I love it when she gets up and d- does the dishes. Mm-hmm. And okay, say that, tell your partner that you love that they get up and mm-hmm. do the dishes. Like, that's nice. Compliment your partner. Say thank you. Like, thank you is such a simple thing in relationships. And we forget to do that. We take so much of this for granted. And I think you're right about having it change per relationship because, or what person you're with. I mean, because I have, I mean, I think of physical touch as intimacy. Well, no, I don't want to be intimate with my family, mm-hmm. you know, my, but there are people that I definitely want to be intimate with and that's my love language. And so when that's not being returned to me, that makes me feel like I'm not loved. Mm-hmm. So there are times when you're right, these things don't get done. And then that really makes us feel like we're not being loved. Mm-hmm. So it can have a very negative, if we don't understand it, it can have a very negative impact on us. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's really kind of just what I wanted to talk about, that that we have to have humor, we have to know ourselves, we have to know the love languages that we have within ourselves, because it's really hard to get someone to love us if we don't understand what it is that we need to be loved by. And that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about relationships and the foundations of trust, communication, that common ground. I do believe faith is a major part of relationships as well, and loving, caring, and kindness. Like, I have to teach people how to be nice. Yeah. It's it's crazy that you would think that people would know. That's not crazy because I <laughs> I had to I had to learn how to be nice to Chloe because one of the things about my going back to the humor thing is that I think things that are funny should be made fun of no matter what they are as okay. like a, a rule of thumb. So if Chloe did something dumb, like I th- like I think it's funny and I think it should be made fun of. And that's like, and that's then, been but a, what about someone who's sensitive and doesn't want that humor? Right. So that that's has a been light. a big thing that I've had to figure out is yes. to not be mean to people and just like, like, like having that feeling of, you know, you say something that's supposed to be funny and then you're like, why the hell did I just say that? <laughs> like, so you're now out catching yourself. <laughs> yes, very much. And being slower to speak. <laughs> And uh, hanging on to my first, thoughts a little bit more. First. I know it's a struggle. Wow, it's, it's a, a real struggle. Thing. But I wanted to ask you something about the five love languages, sure. um, because I feel like there's some. And one of my beefs with personality tests is because I've done Enneagram, uh, mm-hmm. the Wired That Way model. I don't. Do you know what that model's called? There's a name um, for it. Um, it's like personality plus, I think personality plus something yeah. like with the four quadrants, cleric, yeah. sanguine, melancholy, phlegmatic, yeah. uh, Myers-Briggs is a big one, mm-hmm. very popular. Um, and r- there's a, there's a conflict resolution model that we talked about at church on Sunday, which is like, there's three different methods that people use to resolve conflict. They're either avoidant, they're, um, you're familiar Conf- with this model. Confrontational. Yeah. yeah. Confrontative, vil- vigilant. <sighs> I can't remember the words. 
it's sitting in my car and we were talking about this last night at a Bible study and I'm like, man, I wish I had this and I wish I had it right now. But, um, one of my beefs with personality tests like that is you read it and then you find one that kind of fits your mantra and -hmm. then you kind of pigeonhole yourself into that one thing. Right. 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 But everyone, there are very few, I feel like if you read a personality book and you, and there's four different personality types and you a hundred percent identify with one quadrant, you are a very unbalanced person. (laughs) And very, very, yeah. Yeah. Mentally, emotionally unstable more than likely. Um, Oh, that can explain me though. Yeah. This is the, this is the gospel according to Justin. So this is not like, this is first Justin, second opinion. So um, like, don't take this, you know, don't take this the wrong way if you're listening to this, but because I've been in that boat too, where it's like, oh, there's this personality sanguine. I identify with this. I'm just, I'm just going to be that. But the truth of the matter is, is that most of the time you're going to fit two, if not three, in some form or fashion, depending on the day. Depending on the moment. Depending Absolutely. on the moment. Depending right. on the mood. There's yep. no all-encompassing yes. personality test that is going to predict how you react in every single different circumstance. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question about the five love languages is, do you find that people do pigeonhole themselves into one category or do you find that people have pretty strong traits of two, three, maybe even four. I think it, I think they have, this is what I've discovered with most of my clients is that they have all five. They operate ever, over, over two or three. Okay. Like they're really looking for two or three it gives them the most meaning and the most, um, confirmation that they're loved. Mm-hmm. Like they're really, like they really need those three things because obviously there are times when they might need something a little bit different. They need acts of service if something's going down or if they need physical touch because they're sick or something. So there's times when one of them might be more important than the others. But most people know like of the love languages, which really makes them feel loved. Most mm-hmm. people know that. Mm-hmm. They, they, they really need it. But you know what? What was interesting about per- personalities that you're talking about, what I help people when they don't understand their personalities, what I find more valuable is a values list. Mm. So there's 164 values that are just fundamental. And you take that list of 164 and you might, like you pick your top 20. And then of your top 20, you pick your top 10. And of your top 10, you live your life off your top five. If you know your core values, you know your personality, and you know who you are. So knowing your values is really, really important. So it's great. You can find them on Pinterest. You can find them anywhere. But doing a values test is probably fundamental for my work Mm. because a lot of people don't understand their values. They might kind of know who they are and what they like, but if you really are questioning your personality, know your values because your values determine your personality. Interesting. I'm going to have to do that. That Oh, my gosh, they're so cool. I love the values. That sounds very interesting. I love the values. So I'm, I probably did this last time that we were on a show together. Uh, have you heard of Jordan Peterson? <laughs> that's that's kind of my refrain, it feels like, some days. Um, but uh, he spent years developing a personality test. I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, but he did a podcast episode where he and his wife sat down and discussed like their uh, their daughter interviewed them about their personality type and mm-hmm. like how they interacted and everything. Have you heard about that or Mm-mm. no? That sounds interesting though. 
I think you should look into it because it, <laughs> he takes he takes actually like five like the five spectrums of personality and mm-hmm. you get mapped onto those spectrums after I don't I don't know. I haven't taken the test, but it's and it costs some money. I was just gonna say, I do all the free things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saying, I mean I'll <laughs> um but he said he's also doing it right now, at least for free. You can link with your spouse hmm. and like see it will also evaluate how your interactions might work as well. So I think that would be brilliant because so many people have really good intentions with their partners, but they're so fundamentally different that they just miss each other in the communication department. Like they're Mm crisscrossing. But I mean, that, that would be very interesting and probably very helpful to, to give to my clients. So I have to, I have to bring this up now. Because there's an, I don't know if you've heard, but there's an election coming up on Tuesday. <laughs> no, no, really? really? Yeah. No. Um, how <laughs> well, do you- Shellyville, we don't have elections. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shelly- this is she- neutral discipline. <laughs> yeah. Because Shelly is the czar of Shellyville <laughs> and rules with absolute authority and an iron fist. <laughs> Absolutely. And- <laughs> it's about time you paid attention. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, okay. We how- can talk a little politics, but you know what? <laughs> No, 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 no. I don't want to talk politics. <laughs> okay, how, do you, good. how do you handle couples who, Ooh, who don't see eye to eye politically? Kindness. Kill them with kindness. Okay. Honestly, that's what it's about. And that's really what the respect comes to. Like, I respect you enough to have your own opinion. We have freedom of thought. One of the most important things I teach in my my practice is that we have no control over other people, but we can love the people we're with. Like it's okay to have a different opinion. It's okay to have a different right, political right. view. But what if the opinion's dumb though? Well then let it be dumb. <laughs> let it be dumb. Thank you very much. Thank you for your opinion. Okay. I mean, that's the, what it's about. I'm playing devil's advocate for those of you. I'm not banging on, I'm not hating on Chloe right now and saying that her opinions are dumb, but I'm, I'm playing devil's can, advocate here. And you so. know what? I think it's perfectly natural and perfectly natural normal for couples to disagree and have different views. What makes couples work is the respect that they give to their partner for having a different thought pattern. Mm -hmm. So would it work if I was with someone who thought I was dumb? Hell no. Mm -hmm. You start giving me criticism about the way I think and feel and you're going to find yourself outside. Like there's no way I'm going to tolerate disrespect in my own home. Mm -hmm. So the difference here is you may have whatever opinion you want to keep. You don't have the right to hurt me with how I think and feel. And that is so important because we do all think differently. I mean, we just do have different opinions and <laughs> political has been hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've lost friendships because people all of a sudden don't know how to be nice. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? It's okay for you to think differently. I might think it's dumb, but it's not my place to say I think that's dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm all about love. I'm all about being kind. I really want to put out that message that we can be different, but we can be respectful. And so, uh, yeah, that's a good way to end. (laughs) Well, I appreciate both of you guys for sharing your stories with me and and giving me an insight on what it's like to be in your world. I I am honestly just thrilled to be part of your, uh, what do we call this? This world of podcasts. I love it. The podcast it. network. The, the mm-hmm. podcast the network. network. I know the network where I have viewers. And yep. I think it's, I'm saying it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have viewers. And fans. You have, I have fans. fans. I have yeah. fans and people that are tuning into Shellyville to see what I have to say. And mm-hmm. I think that's pretty awesome. And you're getting me to 
um, getting me out of my own comfort zone. So I really appreciate that. Hey, I appreciate you and <laughs> all of the fun conversations that we've had on the show. Um, we're going to do like, it, we're, de- we were talking about this, that we're going to do, um, some more interview style mm-hmm. conversations versus yes. you monologuing, which yep. is really good, by the way. I think that helps a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your, your episode about anxiety, if, if you haven't, seen that, I highly recommend you check it out because a lot of people have anxiety, but that was one of, one of the number one videos on my YouTube channel is, is that one that you did. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. So, um, check out that one if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, we'll be doing some longer form interviews. Mm -hmm. Where can people reach you if they want to either get involved with the show, if they want to ask you some questions, if maybe they even want to be a guest, like where, where's a good place for them to reach you? They can reach me at ShellyvillePod at gmail.com. Cool. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is a show. Can't thank you enough for coming on tonight in the new podcast studio that is still kind of under construction. (laughs) We we moved out of my basement and into my office, which is pretty cool. But this is where Shelly was tonight. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great night and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thank you. Bye guys.